some of the important lessons to be learned in creating the high trust organization. Uh, first of all, what I call fairness in all things. Nothing will demotivate an organization quicker is a perceived lack of fairness. Any type of nepotism or any type of favoritism demoralizes the organization. So fairness in all things, in terms of hiring, in terms of promotion, in terms of compensation, fairness must rule. On today's SuperU podcast, we'll be hearing from the founder of Whole Foods who will talk to us about how do you develop trust and also the importance of continuing to fail even after you've had that success. It's one small step for man. Lift off. We have a lift off. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 you. Welcome to today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Today's exciting because it hits close to home. We have the founder of Whole Foods. For those that do not know, it was founded in Austin, Texas. And when I moved here, I went to grad school at the University of Texas. And I remember shopping at a Whole Foods that had a dirt floor and it was still a co-op. So literally, I'd turn in my receipts at the end of the year and you'd get your money back. You get the shared money back. It was a true co-op. So just fascinating to watch the growth of Whole Foods, which is now owned by Amazon. But we're gonna have John Mackey. He co-founded Whole Foods some four over forty, like oh, like over four decades ago. Okay, and under his leadership, the company has grown into this billion-dollar powerhouse. They have 528 stores nationwide. And they're credited with transforming the grocery store industry with their emphasis on natural, organic, and local products. And as many of you know, they were acquired in 2017 for close to $14 billion by Amazon. Now, Mackey's five foot nine. He's a vocal member of the Libertarian Party. And he's a strong supporter of free market economics. He's in the past criticized labor unions and describes his views as beyond union. He did co-write the best-selling book, which you may have heard of. It's called The Conscious Capitalism. That book was released in 2013, and it went on to become a number one bestseller. Now, how did he get to where he is? What's his background? He was a student of philosophy and religion at the University of Texas here in Austin and Trinity University. That was in the 70s. And he worked at a vegetarian co-op. So that's kind of where he got the idea for Whole Foods. Now today, Mackey is a multi-millionaire. He actually retired September 1st. So think about that run over 40 years. He has since retired just a month ago from Whole Foods. But despite the fact he's a multi-millionaire, he's actually known for his frugality. He still drives like a, a Honda Civic. And he's known for still using low-cost hotels and always flying commercial. And so much in line with the ethos of Whole Foods, uh, Mackie doesn't eat frozen or processed meals, and he's a practitioner of an organic and plant-based diet. He's a vegan. Now, without further ado, let's get into it with John Mackie, co-founder of Whole Foods here, right here in Austin, Texas. A big buzz term in business and also in the boardroom is ESG. For those not familiar with it, environmental, social, and governance, ESG. But 
But you were well ahead of your time with embracing an ESG philosophy before it was in quote unquote vogue. You said customers want businesses to be noble. I think that's the main reason why all these institutions are, are lack of trust is because the institution has narrowed its, its purpose to self-interest. And we see politicians who are lining their own pockets. We see uh, educational systems that are there primarily for the teacher unions or uh, the administration rather than what's best for the students. So all the institutions, particularly I say business, need to get back to uh, uh, examining why they exist, what their purpose is, what their function is, how do they serve uh, society, how they serve others, because that's what people want. They want businesses to be more than profit machines. They want businesses that care about their customers, who care about their workers, who care about the environment, who care about doing the right thing to their suppliers. They want business to be good. You've been quoted as saying happy teams make happy customers. That sounds like a great t-shirt, but when the rubber meets the road, can you unpack that a little bit? I think most of us would want to embrace that philosophy, but, but walk us through that. Retailers in general understand something better than many other types of businesses understand. We understand how important the customers are because they vote every time they come into your store. And, or if they don't come into their store, they're voting as well. So they vote with their pocketbooks and they express their preferences and, and they ultimately are your best form of marketing as well. Through satisfied customers, they talk to uh, other people and create more business for you. So we teach our team members that their most important goal is to, is to satisfy and delight our customers. And we train them and we empower them to do that. So uh, management's job is to hire the very best people we can, train them well, and make sure they're fulfilled in their work, that they're happy. Because we believe that happy team members will result in happy customers, and happy customers will result in happy investors. Same thing when we deal with our suppliers. We are looking towards the long-term relationship. We're not trying to maximize a short-term extraction from our suppliers. We're asking, we need our suppliers to flourish as well. Because as they flourish, they will innovate, create new products that will help differentiate us in the marketplace and uh, it gives us competitive advantage. So we view each of these major stakeholder groups as someone that we want to see them flourish because we know that will help our company to flourish. Trust is one of the most important things the enterprise can develop. You've built the foundation of Whole Foods on this trust, but it's not easy. How do you develop trust, especially in this modern world? Some of the important lessons to be learned in creating the high trust organization. Uh, first of all, what I call fairness in all things. Nothing will demotivate an organization quicker is a perceived lack of fairness. Any type of nepotism or any type of favoritism demoralizes the organization. So fairness in all things, in terms of hiring, in terms of promotion, in terms of compensation, fairness must rule. Uh, secondly, the essential importance of creating a culture of love and care. Uh, organizations flourish when we have a culture that permits the expression of love and care. That uh, uh, There's nothing perhaps more important than creating a culture of love and care. It's essential that the leadership in the organization embody love and care, that they walk the talk, and that they lead by example. If we have those attributes, where we'll have a high trust organization. 
it's been a roller coaster to get here, to get to this point. And it was a great flood. You guys almost went out of business. You didn't have any insurance to cover that flood. The community got together, was able to keep Whole Foods afloat, no pun intended. And then in around 1988, you tried to get funding to expand Whole Foods and you were rejected by a number of venture capitalists. In fact, one venture capitalist told you, you know, John, I see you have a pretty good business here, but it looks to me, I looked at all the stores like you're just a bunch of hippies and you're just selling food to other hippies. And I don't think that there's a very big market for that. Now, 10 years later, that same venture capitalist then told you that not investing in Whole Foods was the worst decision that he had ever made. Now, speaking of decisions, some Whole Food enthusiasts or super fans, heart, their hearts literally did sink on the news and some parts of them inside them even died if you look at some twitter feeds the day that whole foods sold to amazon or in their minds sold out to amazon there's like selling to the devil whole foods selling to amazon and i know that your philosophy is does that mean that you love everything about amazon no you don't and that's what words in your mouth i was excited uh, i love amazon I'm i'm a big fan of on the whole, I don't love everything that they do, but for the most part, I, I'm a big user of Amazon. I'm also, full disclosure, a shareholder of Amazon and a big lover of Whole Foods. So I moved back here to Austin, Texas. We actually moved next door to the flagship, the, the headquarters of Whole Foods and coming from a, a great city like Boston, but it, there's not a lot of big supermarkets when you're living in a city. And so it's just amazing for me to literally every day I was walking to Whole Foods. I love the, the fresh almond butter. And the salad bar there at the flagship store in the headquarters in Austin, Texas. I was literally there every day. Sometimes I get the sandwich at the sandwich bar. Uh, Just amazing stuff. And then if I was meeting someone, a client uh, in that same location, they've got this great fish bar there. So sit down and get fresh fish. You actually buy the fish and then you pay basically, I think it was $4 for half a pound for them to to make the fish. So it's just, you'd see, whoa. Scallops are half off. Why don't I get those and have some fresh scallops just cooked here? So miss that place. We don't live downtown anymore. We're out here in a house. But the first uh, six months we lived in Austin when I returned here, man, I was at Whole Foods every day. But walk us through that merger. It was definitely controversial. A lot of your super fans weren't big fans of it. They couldn't, to their mind, they're like, you sold out to corporate America. So walk us through the Amazon merge, if you will. We probably only got serious competition in the last 15 years. So the first 25 years we existed, very few people sold the same products that we sold. So um, that was no big deal. But then as we got more successful, we got more competition. And one of the ways they competed with us was to undercut us in price. And of course, one of the things Whole Foods knows it needs to do is it needs to meet the competitive marketplace in terms of price. And that is one of the reasons we wanted to merge or sell to Amazon. Is, is Jeff and his team think long-term. So it was going to be very difficult for us to lower our prices and hold on to our company because it was, when you lower prices initially, it actually hurts your sales and hurts your profitability. Something you were selling for a dollar, now you're selling for 90 cents. So it looks like your business is declining. Now you'll get it back over time as people realize that they get better prices, but it's a painful transition. Now with Amazon, we've already dropped our prices three times and we're gonna keep dropping them. So Amazon, is a net, that's another great benefit of the merger for us. We are getting more and more price competitive and Amazon is willing to be patient and let that play out. 
My initials are obviously EQ, which is such a blessing because EQ stands for emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. So I'm reminded, the, the studies show it, so that it's more important to have a good high EQ for success in business than a high IQ. So I always try to remind myself it's all about that emotional intelligence. And I know that that's been sort of the secret sauce at Whole Foods as well. Business success in the 21st century requires a lot richer set of skills. And uh, if, not in any particular order, but some of the other skills that need to be taught and aren't are uh, <coughs> communication skills uh, and, uh, and primarily uh, listening skills. I, I think those are essential skills to develop. I think emotional intelligence is, I always say that a better predictor of leadership excellence is less analytical skills uh, than emotional intelligence because a business organization is about relationships and without a high degree of emotional intelligence, no matter how brilliant you are, you won't reach your full potential and neither will the organization. This seems counterintuitive, but can you explain why you've been quoted as saying why mistakes are exciting for you? I just think this is such a good philosophy for a conscious leader. Life is about learning and growing. When you stop learning and you stop growing, you might as well just get out of here and step off the stage uh, because you're gonna be dying if you're not learning and growing. And that means we gotta be willing to take chances, we're gonna make mistakes, and we're gonna learn from those mistakes. Mistake. In fact, if you're not making mistakes, you're playing it way too safe. You gotta be making mistakes because you gotta find out what the edges are. You gotta find out what your limitations are. That doesn't mean I'm encouraging you to do free solo up the you know, uh, El Capitan, but you should be, uh, you should be ch challenging yourself and testing yourself. Follow your passion. A lot of people think that's a trope that some feel that following your passion is a nice thing in theory, but hogwash in reality that you got to pay the bills, comma, bro or dude. It's really about following your passion or not. Do you have to kind of grind it out before you follow your passion? Walk us through what that mix is or the importance of following your passion. Young people don't realize this, but life is actually goes by pretty fast. And it's too short to do anything less than following your passions, to follow your heart. Things that you deeply care about are the things that you should involve your life energies in. Uh, you shouldn't be preparing, uh, in a sense, to follow your passions later, because you may end up getting trapped in a job or a career that, you, that doesn't really engage your, your deepest passions, the things you care most about, uh, and you do it simply to make money. And again, there's nothing wrong with making money. I think that's a very good thing. But I, for people that want to start their own businesses, most entrepreneurs just go out and do it. I mean, if you look at the great entrepreneurs of, this, of my generation, people like Bill Gates and, and Michael Dell and um, Stephen Jobs, um, they, they were on fire and they just went out and did their businesses. And they, it's, it's uh, so follow your passions, follow your heart, follow your bliss, however you want to call it, I think is a key strategy for not only business, but for life. Those are great insights from John Mackey, co-founder of Whole Foods right here in Austin, Texas. Congratulations on your retirement. September 1st, 2020, after a four-decade run, an over-four-decade run. Imagine doing that. 
Uh, but thank you to the listeners for tuning in to the Super U Podcast. Again, this is a podcast to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. It's really about having that courage to wear the cape. We are all superheroes. We all have some superpower. So how do we unlock that? And part of that unlock is being willing to walk in that discomfort. It's the willingness to have the courage to wear that cape. And my hope is this podcast gives you that courage. It's not only my hope, it's the hope of the great producers here that make this show possible. It's Jake Brin, it's Maritza Gutierrez, it is Kelsey Gomez. But most importantly, it's you, the listener. Thank you for sending in your notes, not only of encouragement, but also who do you want us to have on the show? Who do you want us to get tips from? Where do you want me to speak? Do you want me to do more Q&A? So keep those emails coming. Thanks for all the all the ratings and reviews, even the bad ones. There aren't too many of them, but the bad ones out there help us get better. So any reviews, really helpful. For Thank you for all those that have put, put out all those reviews on iTunes and Spotify and the like. So until next time, this is Eagle Man reminding you that it's kind to be cool and it's cool to be kind. And it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 you. Uh.